It's time for another edition of Jonesing for Football and young Cody Winstead. This is my favorite edition of Jonesing for Football because it's here. It's finally here. It's football season. The Dallas Cowboys are in Oxnard, California. The State of the Cowboys address from Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy on Wednesday. First practice Thursday. And here we are. It's football time in Texas and beyond. Philadelphia, the Eagles are reporting very soon. Right, young Cody? Yes, sir. Next week, the Eagles and most of the uh, league will be uh, reporting for training camp. And Bill Jones. How's it feel? You're getting ready for Oxnard, California. You excited to be out in Oxnard for uh, about 10 days or so, right? Yep. I'm leaving in the morning and uh, getting set for the weekend. A big sit-down interview with Jerry Jones for our Sunday night show on CBS 11 here in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And I'm doing the preseason games after the Hall of Fame game. Of course, the big shot, the big network guys get the Hall of Fame game uh, August 8th against the Steelers. And then uh, or August, we said August 5th. My dates are all messed up on that. But uh, I do know this. The first Cowboys broadcast is on Friday the 13th against, you guessed it, the Arizona Cardinals. And, well, we won't see Kyler Murray on the field. We will see Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline. And then the Cowboys, that's right when the Cowboys uh, break camp in Oxnard, California. So that Hall of Fame game would be August 5th in Canton, Ohio. That's going to be a big weekend as well uh, on CBS 11, we've got our own Keith Russell headed there for the induction of Jimmy Johnson into the Hall of Fame, as well as Drew Pearson and Cliff Harris. Things are getting very busy very quickly, like pronto right now all around the league. I can't wait to hear your questions for Jerry Jones on Sunday night. Do you have a list started or what? That's the job on, on the plane. I've got a you got to parse that list down because Jerry's answers are so long. You know, if you come up with a question for me, please let me know. And, uh, oh, you already have one. apparently. I do have one. I think the number one question for the Cowboys and Jerry would be a great person to ask. Is this, or should this be a Dak Prescott based offense or an Ezekiel Elliott based offense? What is, how is this offense of the Cowboys going to look? Cause I'm really interested in that. Well, that's good. All right. I'll jot that down and maybe that will be, maybe it'll make the cut. We'll see. All All right. right. What question do you have for us on this edition of Jonesing for football? All right, Dr. Jones, we're breaking down some of the veteran quarterbacks around the league, the guys that are in new situations. So we're playing a game of trust or bust. If we feel like their current location is going to be better than their previous one, We'll trust it. If we disagree, we think it's going to be worse. We'll call that a bust. Pretty easy. Let's start with the biggest move of the NFL offseason, Matthew Stafford taking over for the Rams. Do you trust that move to the Rams, or are you saying, eh, not so much, I'm busting it? Wow, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, and Matthew Stafford, now 33 years old, of course, his entire career. Uh, spent with the Detroit Lions. Let me ask you first, uh, how about his first decade in the league after being the number one overall pick out of Georgia back in 08, whatever year that was, has his first 12 years in the league been a bust? I would say so. I think I would say so. No playoff wins. Am I right? 
Uh, they came close, very close to getting a playoff win right here in Dallas against the Cowboys one year. But he's played for the Lions. So, yes, I would say that it has been a bust. And he would probably say in his own mind, his expectations when he came into the league. But I don't think he's played that poorly. I think it's the fact that he has been with the Detroit Lions. And so that's why I trust this move to the Los Angeles Rams. I think at the age of 33, Matthew Stafford's career going to be rejuvenated with a coach in Sean McVay who clearly likes what uh, what Stafford brings to the table. And, you know, he's, he's thrown the ball so much. There hasn't been a run game uh, with Detroit, as we talked about, I think, last week. Uh, I just like him in that Sean McVay system. You know, the one guy that I've always kind of likened Matthew Stafford, going back to even his high school days at Highland Park High School here in Dallas, I compared him with John Elway. And I went back and looked at Elway's career. And of course, Elway, the difference, Elway was with a great organization uh, with the Broncos throughout his career and had winning seasons with the Broncos, but never got over the top and won a Super Bowl until very late in his career. And maybe Stafford, even though there's not a comparison there with the success, the record, that Stafford had with Detroit through the years because he's been with a bad organization. Maybe his career will be revived there in, in L.A. with the Rams, and maybe he can have a, a Super Bowl win late in his career uh, like John Elway was able to do. Yeah. So I, I trust it. You're trusting it. I just looked up the receivers for the Rams. Pretty strong. Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, a.k.a. Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson made his Yeah, they added him. That kind of got under my radar this year. And then Tutu Atwell, he was their second-round pick. He's one of the fastest guys automatically in the league right there. So they've got some explosive guys out there for Stafford. He's going to have the weapons. Uh, I am very, very excited to see what the Rams look like, what McVay's offense looks like with Stafford. Because if, if it's not really, really good, all of a sudden we have to kind of reevaluate what we think of Sean McVay, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, the more I look at the Rams, they could be one of those uh, sleeper teams. They went 10 and six last year, but they've sort of been off the radar. There's so much talk about the Cardinals and uh, we'll see what happens with the Niners now, but uh, they could make a run this year. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've got Stafford at quarterback. That's one of the intriguing storylines going into this season. All right, who do you got? Now to the guy L.A. traded for Matthew Stafford. That is Jared Goff trying to revive his career with the Lions. And I really want to trust this one, Bill Jones. I really want to. I'd love to see Goff excel in Detroit, improve the critics wrong. I'm just afraid that it would take an elite level quarterback to win in Motown. And unfortunately that is not Jared Goff. So I'm going to say bust for Goff in Detroit, but here, let me quickly run through my thought process for you. First of all, and I think you felt the same way, Bill Jones. I've been higher on Jared Goff than most. I liked him coming out of Cal. I was not surprised that he led them to the Super Bowl in his third NFL season. Thought he had all the ability to become an upper echelon quarterback. But now that we're five years into his career, I've changed my tune a bit. 
I still think he can be a good quarterback, maybe a top 12-ish in the league. However, like you mentioned with Stafford, I am concerned it won't happen in Detroit, and not because of him, but more because of the structure around him. New head coach Dan Campbell worries me a little, maybe to say the least a little, although I will say Campbell has hired a terrific coaching staff, especially on the offensive side. Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator, Mark Brunel overseeing the QBs, and Deuce Staley with the running backs. So that's reason for optimism there, not only for Goff, but also for the Lions. Unfortunately, the offensive talent around Goff looks like one of the bottom five groups in the league. Uh, He does have a few nice pieces, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, second-year running back DeAndre Swift, and first-round tackle Penny Sewell. He should protect the blind side. But besides those three guys, it's a bunch of average to below-average players. And you know how important that supporting cast is for most quarterbacks in the league. I'll leave you with this. Jared Goff has won 45 games in the NFL the last four seasons, including three in the playoffs. And you don't accomplish that without some talent. And I don't think Sean McVay is that smart. I don't think he's that smart. And so Goff, I think he surprises a lot of people with how well he plays this year. But overall, I'm still bust on Goff in Detroit. And I will agree with you. I say a bust. And, and for all the reasons that you cite, it has it, it has the, the, the same reason that Stafford, uh, as we said off the top, has been a bust uh, with the Lions because they, there's just not enough around them. We'll see the jury. You know, they're just getting started with the new coaching staff there in Detroit. But it's uh, the rebuild continues and uh, nothing against Jared Goff. But uh, there's just not enough around him right now to win. So we'll go with a bust there. All right. How about the move of Carson Wentz from the Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts? What do you think of that? Uh, Well, do I trust or do I bust with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? That's a great, great question because, of course, he's reunited with Frank Reich, and that's what everyone thinks that, okay, that's going to – you talk about revitalizing a career. His career is in desperate need of it after what happened last year with the Eagles, what was going on in the locker room as well. I, I couch what I'm about to say here. I trust it. I think it's a smart move for the Colts, but I don't think it's going to turn into the Colts making their way all the way deep into the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl or anything. I think it's a better situation for Carson Wentz. He needed a, a new place because time had run out for him in Philadelphia. Uh, and I, and I, so I think he will be better in Indianapolis than he was in Philadelphia. So I'm riding the fence a little bit. If you're going to, if you're going to say, is he going to, if we trust that he's going to be better than his last stop, then I say, trust it, but I'm busting it. If, if the standard is he's got to lead the Colts to the conference championship game or something like that. I, I do think that they've got a real shot at making the playoffs with Carson Wentz as, as a quarterback. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go with trust. I like the move that uh, Frank Reich and the Colts have made. I don't know what to think about Wentz. Part of me still thinks he can be a a good player. The other part of me thinks that, I don't know, man, he has played 
average to below average the last three seasons. And I don't know if that can just be resurrected by moving to Indy and, and rejoining with Frank Reich. I, I'm skeptical about that. I am too. I'm fit. I'm really 50, 50 on whether he's going to bust there or, or lead him to the playoffs, but I don't think he could have handpicked a better place to go to than to be under Frank Reich in Indianapolis. If he is going to get his career going, uh, that's the best place for him because they've got a good football team there. I mean, he's got some weapons uh, on offense and they've got a good defense and a good offensive line in front of him. And so if, uh, if he's going to do it uh, and the, you know, the Colts went 11 and five last year, that's the place for him to do it. So I'm, I'm couching it a little bit, but uh, from his perspective, I trust that, that that's the best place for him. All right. Next up, let's discuss Sam Darnold. Now the starting quarterback in Carolina Entering his fourth year in the league, just turned 24 years old, Bill Jones. And this is a big trust for me on Darnold. I think his setup with the Panthers is already better than anything he had with the Jets. Darnold, he's only 13 and 25 winning loss record in his career, but he finally has some skill players around him. And obviously, it starts with Christian McCaffrey, the number one dual threat running back in the league and the consensus number one pick in fantasy drafts. He automatically becomes the best player Darnold has ever played with. He's also got DJ Moore coming off a 1,200 receiving yard season last year. That was top 10 in the league among wideouts, DJ Moore with 1,200 receiving yards. So he's really good. And then he's going to be reunited with Robbie Anderson, who had 95 catches last year for the Panthers. His 95 catches, that was also top 10 in the NFL last year. And so Darnold and Anderson, they had a really good connection with the Jets. I would think they'll pick up right where they left off a few years ago. And I got to mention Terrace Marshall from LSU, the second round pick of Carolina, I think this dude may turn into a monster as he rejoins with OC Joe Brady. This guy's almost 6'3", Bill Jones. He ran a 4.38 in his pro day. He had 23 touchdowns with LSU. And I've seen comparisons to Justin Jefferson, who we know lit up the league last year with the Vikings. So those three wideouts, Moore, Anderson, and Marshall, they will make life significantly easier in Charlotte for Darnold than anything ever was in New York. And so the marriage is going to be great. Darnold in the Panthers. And you got to remember this. Darnold has been sacked over two and a half times per game, the sixth most in the league since entering um, the NFL. So he just needs a little protection. And with the weapons I described, I'm fired up for him because Bill Jones, you know this. A lot of times young QBs come into the league and they really struggle and they never really get a good chance to start with another team. And this is a legit chance for Darnold, who, like I said, he's only 24 years old and I'm trusting Darnold going to the Panthers. All right. I like Matt Rule, head coach with, with Carolina. And uh, one, of the, the, one of the things I really like about Matt Rule is that he got a seven-year contract Yep. And I think that bodes well for Sam Darnold as well. I like the, what, the, what they're building there in Carolina. 
And, you know, with the exception of Tampa Bay, who knows what they could do in that division. They Even in Rule's second year there, they could make a run at the playoffs because uh, we don't know what the Saints are going to have without Breeze there at quarterback. And, and you know, the Falcons have uh, fallen off, even though they have a veteran quarterback in Ryan, but they don't have Julio Jones now, so we'll see. All right, how about Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Washington football team? I'm trusting this from this perspective. With that defense that they have in Washington, they need a veteran quarterback. And since they made a decision not to trade up in the draft uh, to go get one of those quarterbacks, and which would have uh, coming up all the way from 19, I think, is where they were drafted. It was going to cost them a lot to do that. I think it, it was a prudent move on their part to do that. Uh, and, you know, you know, they got Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen as the other quarterbacks on their roster there in Washington. So this is his team. And uh, at what is he, 38, 39 years old now? Yep. Uh, you know, we've, we'll see if he's still got some Fitz magic about him. But, the, but the, the key on him is he doesn't need to display Fitz magic. He just needs to be a bus driver uh, with that defense that they have. And I think that's what they're going to be coaching into him at an old age is just take care of the football, okay? A punt's a good play. It's the old Parcells thing. Scott Turner's his OC. I love Ron Rivera as the head coach, and I think that's the philosophy that they will have, winning games, winning close games, and don't make mistakes with a veteran quarterback. And so I'm, I'm trusting that Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, it's, it's a perfect spot for him. You know, Washington could bust, but I think they're going to be in every game with the defense that they have. Interesting that Washington had one of the worst offenses in the league last year and had one of the highest giveaway rates in the league last year and still won the division. So Rivera right there is thinking, hey, let's just get to middle of the pack. And if that happens, we're going to blow away the rest of the NFC. <laughs> if we can just be 15th in yards and 15th in giveaways instead of, I think they were 29th in giveaways last year. Hey, they won the division with a seven and nine record. And so go, go eight and nine. Uh, and uh, if the division, like it was last year, then they're sitting pretty there with a five, basically a 500 record. Yep. Although I'll go on record right now. Eight and nine is not going to win the NFC East this year. We know that. We know that. All right. <laughs> let's get to Andy Dalton. He'll be our <laughs> final quarterback. Uh, this one won't take long, Bill Jones. Andy Dalton's situation in Chicago will definitely be a bust. And not because of Andy. Andy's a nice quarterback. We know that. But because we know Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are tied to their first round quarterback, Justin Fields. So even if Dalton begins the season as a starter, which I'm not sure is going to happen, his days will be numbered. As you found out last year, Bill Jones, Dalton, decent player. Uh, last year, he had a four and five record with your Cowboys, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and a passer rating of 87. Decent. But the Bears need to take a pretty significant step forward this year if uh, Nagy and Pace want to keep their jobs. And we know Dalton isn't going to lead them to a division title or a deep postseason run. So I expect Fields to be the guy who has all the upside and 
at least from the perspective of the coach and GM, will be able to sell to ownership. We've got our quarterback. It's Justin Fields, and the future is bright here. We deserve new contracts. And so give me Fields as the guy in um, Chicago, meaning Dalton will be a bust with the Bears. So how long before Fields takes over as the starting quarterback in Chicago? My guess is week one, Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. Whoa. Whoa. That's how How confident I am in Fields. And what college did he go to? He went to Ohio State. The Ohio Ohio State State. University. Bill Jones, I got to give you this. I got to give you our win stat of the week on Chicago before we wrap things up here. I know Bears fans are fired up to see Matt Nagy with a quarterback that can actually throw the ball better than Mitch Trubisky. And so that sets up my win stat. Since Nagy took over in 2018 with the Bears, Chicago has had the seventh fewest amount of offensive yards in the league. Seventh fewest. They finished 21st, 29th, and 26th in yards the last three years. Yet, amazingly, they've made the playoffs two out of those three years. So kind of like we were talking about with Washington, if they're just middle of the pack, if Fields is just decent, the Bears are going to win a handful of games and will probably make the playoffs yet again. So um, that is, that's the win stat of the week right there. I'm still high on Matt Nagy. I don't know why, but I'm still high on Swaggy Nagy, as they used to call him. <laughs> and as we wrap things up, you mentioned Mitch Trubisky. And my mind was racing. I couldn't remember where Mitch Trubisky landed this offseason. And, of course, he is in Buffalo backing up Josh Allen. So you trust or bust him as the backup there. Is that a good spot for him? I would say that's a great spot for him. (laughs) So you trust trust that Mitch Trubisky will be a fine backup quarterback for Josh Allen in Buffalo. For sure. He made the playoffs a couple times, and now that's not bad. Hold that clipboard well there in Buffalo. Yep. All right. That does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football. When next we speak, I will be, I guess, maybe either from the practice field there in Oxnard, California, or from my hotel room in Oxnard, California, depending on when we decide to record this next week. Yeah, bring your iPad, man. Let's let's see the field back there. Maybe you can get like a Zeke Elliott <laughs> touchdown or something in the background. <laughs> oh, I, I think they're NFL oh. restrictions against that. That's a surefire way to get kicked out of camp. But okay, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I'm fully vaccinated. I just got my negative COVID test and I have antibodies. And so they aren't kicking me out of camp, but because of anything COVID related, I'm telling you that. All right. Well, have a great time, uh, Bill Jones and Oxnard. And um, I'm looking forward to the next few weeks here on Jonesing for Football. All right. We'll see you next time on Jonesing for Football.